to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 88.5, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Batant with Being One. And Batant was on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show with Ivan Schmaggy a couple months ago. Well, actually in December. Unfortunately, that podcast does not exist at this time. If we do get it going again, we'll let you know. But unfortunately, CITR was not recording podcasts that week, so we don't have any evidence of it. But there, right there, is some evidence of Chloe and Batant on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Really appreciate it because, well, we have a whole bunch of stuff we're going to play right now on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, courtesy of John M. Bennett, and in an interview today with John M. Bennett. For the past many years on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, mainly through the urging of Beppy Crespan, have I been playing selections from John M. Bennett's tape, and it is called the Good Old Tape. Yes, 
been playing lots of tape. The reason it's called The Good Old Tape is just a tape of John M. Bennett stuff that we've been playing for a long, 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 long time. Axe Tongue. So I thought that we'd revisit with John M. Bennett and see what he's up to nowadays. But before we see what he's up to nowadays, going to play a whole bunch of stuff that I've been playing over the years on an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show. Going to play a whole bunch of John M. Bennett and in an interview with John M. Bennett. So you'll see what John M. Bennett is all about right now with some older selections and in some new stuff from John M. Bennett and in an interview with John M. Bennett today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. So here's a whole bunch of John M. Bennett and in an interview with John M. Bennett on CITR FM 102, Cable 102. Minus a little bit to make it 88.5 Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Slow speech. I was talking slow as I levered my hammer under the pillow. I was talking slow as I slowed my speech to the sticky door. I was talking slow as I fingered my knife in your pocket. I was talking slow as I tongued at a smoking radio. I was talking slow as I raised my pants over the stairs. I was talking, talking slow as I peered in a cup. I was talking, talking slow as I trembled next to a watch. I was talking slow as I jiggled the cages. I was I talking slow as I hung up the phone as I poured over the sink as I zipped my fly as I drooled in my beard. I was talking slow as I was talking slow to you in a mirror. I was talking slow and talking slow as I caressed the flickering TV. I was talking slow as I coughed the light switch. I was talking slow as I took off your shoe. I, I was talking slow with my fists pressed to the spatter spurting from my lips, the slowing talking pouring from my mouth sticking on chairs.
and close yourself naked in a styrofoam room. Styro walls. Loose deep styro packing worms for floor. Styro ceiling. Styro blocks furniture. Spyro light fixtures and shades. as I slept in the viewing audience. I was shrinking as I groped for the blanket under the laundry. I was shrinking as I forgot the transsexual humiliation. I was shrinking as I rolled the rubber band off my leg. I was shrinking as I rubbed the fly. I was shrinking as I dumped the ink on the cornflakes. I was shrinking as I followed the thought into a maze of mud. I was shrinking as I lumped the words in my throat. I was shrinking as I stood on a hill of sand. I was shrinking as I mooned in the kitchen curtains. I was shrinking as I fried a glove and hid cigars in the corners. I was shrinking as I smoked a book in the mirror. I was shrinking as I tried on a sunken shirt. I was shrinking as my arm withered and my eye expanded in dark. Yellow face. 
There was diarrhea in my pocket as I fondled my keys. There was diarrhea on my finger as I itched my nose. There was diarrhea on my pins, diarrhea on the coffee cups. I was speaking diarrhea in the sticky foam, splatting diarrhea on the cellar steps. There was diarrhea on the mirror, flickering diarrhea in the dictionary, soaking fire damp. I was running from my diarrhea as I wiped my face, slipping in my diarrhea, trying to flow erect. I was eating sponges, drinking ash, lighting matches in the mist of diarrhea. I remembered hot in the basement, dogs slithering and snarling of the furnace hiss. on the ledge. It's pulsing on the edge of a cliff. It's a roast, bloody and wet. It's a baby jerking its limbs. A hand is quivering toward it. An eye falls out of the meat and I tighten my hat. I stare at its lips. They splooting, they words, they napkins, dolls, hands, ears, and spectacles spat over the cliff. The meat is a mocker. It's dancing. It's a steak in a sleeper. A peeled dog in a wig. The meat on the ledge is kissing me. Heavy pink splots. It's a glass of blood flashing dawn in my eyes. The meat in the oven. The squalling kicks swallow the fat hissing of the red-hot walls. The rump on the ledge is rising, swelling, dripping its bristle over the empty air. As I stood in the kitchen, the smell of burnt paper, the fell-over chair, the grease on the diaper, his smoking fingers, the fork and pan. No sacks. He was jerking the giblet bag out of the chicken. He was blowing into the neck hole. He was thinking it was a saxophone. Squawkings, blast past, flapping shreds of skin. He's blown himself into an empty space. A cloud of scissors floats around his feet. A sound, no sound, is hissing through his ears. It's the note, the note, he says pulsing his fingers on the glistening back. Petersburg. I 
was strangling, thrashing, struggling my shirt, slapping the walls outside, a horse upside down next to fence, a truck exhales a pillar of smoke, its tires sunk in fog, my socks are writhing in the corners and I'm swarming, swirling my toothbrush in the glittering toilet, a shadow flickers in the lurch of the door blurred on my skin, the keys bursting my underwear and I clutch myself in the room. Light quivers in long pink lines on the roof, a chair empty in front of each door. Shirking. I was shirking as I shivered in my spitty shirt. I was shirking as I slid my head under the shattered sink. I was shirking as I smoked on the stairs and slipped a shiv in my pants. I was shirking as I shuffled the treatise. I was shirking as I shuddered, afraid of the shaft. I was shirking as I shackled the wolves, as I shot at a wall, as I shot for sugar and hatchets. I was shirking as I shoveled shouting in my trunk, was shirking as I cheeked the TV and chamfered the mirror and shirked as I chugged through my lunch, I was chewing my tongue, I was championing a chunk, I was chafing and chafed, chacketed and tracked to a table where I'm slapping a sneeze and shirking a shadow, tissic under my chair. tongue. It's not the nail driven into the knee, it's the pants swirling around the leg. It's not the finger impaled on a tooth, it's the sausage crammed down the throat. It's not a tire forced around your arms that strangles you, it's the rain wheeling on the roof. It's not the scorpions erecting their tails in your shoe, it's the laces knotting your fingers in my pockets. It's not your chair seat gnashing its springs that jolts me awake in the night, it's the pillows spinning pieces of teeth in my ear, it's the eyeglasses on the shelf lighting up like flashlights and blinding me to my sleep, burning me out of my wake, splitting my hair clean down to the jaw. I'm slobbering your words, speaking twice a second, one half of my tongue braying on top of the other. She found in the next room a bucket of fish. She found in the next room a cigar in cement. She found in the next room a radio falling from a ladder. She found in the next room a chair heaped with hats. She found in the next room a wind full of corners. 
she found in the next room a basket of hair. She found in the next room a dog turning around. She found in the next room a shirt harboring hammers. She found in the next room a splintered bed. She found in the next room a burning cinder block. She found in the next room a purse of damp coins. Garbage at sea. Rain ticking on his coat, his glasses bent, one lens up, the other down. He's in the garage, remembered patting his wife in the kitchen. Why, who am I? He thought, leaning against the door. I stood before a garbage landfill, speckled heaps writhed before the dozers. I saw a path down in, condoms and doll heads staring up from the packed down mud. He's sitting on a stack of snow tires, thunder outside, a metal box is shaking on the drive. His wife comes in. Cats hanging from her shirt. Your blood is loose, he said. She smiles and flips her butt. I was walking down the path. I was falling off the edge. I was scrambling to a burnt-out sofa. I was on the ocean, circling in the drift. Of spit. I was caressing the cup of spit on the shelf, thinking of lifting it, quaffing its dregs. I was carrying the cup of spit to the fridge, wanting it to thicken and cool. I was sitting in the yard with my spit on a stump, watching leaves clear from a tree. Oh, spit! I yearned, please never dry. And I walked with my spit to the cleaner. I sipped of my spit as I turned off the TV. As I sat, spit and laughed and lathered my belly with a sticky cup lip. Is my spit sucking me? I feared and proffered my spit to my wife who jolted her chair in reverse. I dribbled my spit in the smooth, heard it clicking and hiss. I raised the goblet to the mirror, so I hole full of mud where my mouth ought to be, a handful of worms where my cup used to be. Pants. 
I put my pants on my head, my pants in my mouth. I threw my pants on the burnt chair in the closet. I was stuffing with Kleenex my pants, escorting my pants to the bathroom full of ice where I wrung out the juice and drank of my pants. I dragged my pants in a bag through the shopping center and banked and shooed with my pants, stuffed the fridge with pants and pants the dolly sprawled on the couch. I squeezed a key between my legs and stapled to the door my pants. Oh, pants, I thought, your pockets forever a hole as I slapped the fly of my pants, as I wiped the window with my pants, as I fell in the dark and ranted and panted on the floor with my pants. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 88.5, and an Ardoire, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Are you there? I am here. Hello, Nardwar. Hello. Actually, right off the bat, who are you? I'm John M. Bennett, and I'm uh, calling from Columbus, Ohio. John M. Bennett, welcome to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Thank you. For years, I've been playing selections from your Axe Tongue cassette, I think, and heard a whole bunch, I think, from that cassette. And I guess I was wondering, first off, if you could describe what we heard, because I played a whole bunch of stuff. And also, I ended with something special called Banging the Stone, track number four. Do you think you could tell the people about what we just heard, track number four, Banging the Stone? Uh, Banging the Stone was a collaboration I did with uh, Jim Leftwich. Um I sent him a recording of uh, my reading some stuff. I forget exactly what I read, and you can't really tell. Uh, And then he messed with it uh, electronically, and that's the result. 
And before that, John, we heard a whole bunch of other stuff like the shirt, the sheet, axe tongue, castle, garbage at sea, pants, cup of spit, pants, more pants, the clock, wiping the blood, yellow face, meat on the ledge, no sacks. What can you tell the people about those particular tracks? Uh, that series of work uh, was done back in the 80s, uh, or late 70s, some of it even. Um, it was part of a style of uh, where you used a lot of repetition. I called it the uh, spitting style. And um, I still use that, uh, that shtick or that format uh, occasionally, uh, although it's transformed quite a bit. Uh, but that period of stuff uh, was very interested and interesting to me at the time, and a lot of people like it. Uh, that Axe Tongue cassette was uh, done with a musician, uh, Byron Smith, uh, who still lives here in Columbus. Has it ever been reissued at all? I did uh, reissue it um, in, on a CD format, and it is available that way from my website, which is www.johnmbennett.net. John M. Bennett, how are your pants? You've been talking a lot about your pants, especially in the older cassette that I've been playing. How are your pants doing and your shirt? There's a lot of pants and shirt imagery, isn't there? Oh, my pants are just fine. I got plenty of them. I got even more shirts. And I like shirts. I got plenty of shirts. And how about the diarrhea? What caused the diarrhea in those particular songs, or that one particular song was mentioning diarrhea? What caused the diarrhea? What was that all about? <laughs> that was a long time ago. Uh, diarrhea, uh, sort of generally speaking, is uh, kind of a part of the human condition. And um, uh, it's a condition where what you take in comes out real quick and fast. And uh, in a way, that's sort of like uh, how I write sometimes. John M. Bennett, how would you describe what you do for people that don't know? Well, we just played a whole bunch of it. I guess people can kind of figure it out for themselves. Is it sound poetry? I know you do visual poetry. Do you call yourself a sound poet? I call myself a poet. Um, and the poetry I do is not like uh, what's uh, the standard poetry that you find in uh, English uh, language these days. Uh, it involves sound and visuality and uh, uh, meaning and uh, uh, many different layers of uh, ways of communicating. So it's all those things at once. I was wondering, John M. Bennett, you mentioned some of those tracks that I played were from the late 70s, early 80s. When did you first make recordings like that? Were those the very first recordings you did of that style? Um, I did, I think the first actual recording uh, that I put together was done probably in the mid-70s. Did a little cassette, as far as I remember. Uh, and uh, since then, I've done a number of recordings. I often work with a uh, musician or two or three or four, have two sons, and uh, perform with them sometimes and with other people. So um, uh, that's one dimension of what I do. I like to perform it. Uh, it involves sound, not only my sound, but other people's sound, and uh, uh, it becomes uh, much enriched that way. 
John M. Bennett, who was the first person you think to do sound poetry in the way that you're doing it? I was thinking back to caveman times, like when a caveman threw a rock in a lake and it caused ripples in the lake and then people heard it and that was visual and it was poetry. Does it go back to cavemanish times? Who was the very first person to do that type of stuff? Well, that's a good description you got right there. Um, uh, Poetry, uh, the use of language as art in uh, uh, whatever format or, uh, you th- can think of uh, is something very basically human. It goes back to the beginning of uh, humankind. I was just listening on the radio to uh, uh, a program about some, uh, a film that had been made among the pygmies in a part of Africa, and the sound poetry, uh, you might call it that, that they do uh, using all kinds of materials uh, and their voices. So uh, it's basic, a basic human thing. Yeah, like you threw a rock in a lake and there's ripples and then maybe there's some noise. And you also are really into the visual poetry part. Like I've seen some of your photo art. We're speaking here to John M. Bennett live on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. And you have these pictures where you have like pictures that say rant, peed, or tick. How long have you been doing photo art, visual poetry like that? And what can you tell the people about that? Well, uh, I've always thought poetry had a very strong visual element. Uh, even the most standard... Uh, Traditional poetry has a blank space at the end of the line, though, and uh, that is a visual experience, and it's part of how you understand and read uh, the text. Uh, I've just taken that, as many other people have, to uh, an extreme and uh, developed it uh, uh, somewhat more than you find in traditional poetry. There's all kinds of ways you can do it, uh, using photography, typography, uh, calligraphy, uh, whatever. I mean, it's amazing what people are doing today and have been doing for uh, over a hundred years at least uh, in the realm of visual poetry. Visual poetry uh, you can regard as a performance score. Uh, so it's not just visual, but it's a something you can perform with your voice or with other devices and uh, regard the distortions of topography or handwriting as uh, uh, like musical notation, so you can uh, uh, express those things with a voice or with an instrument or whatever. I was interested about the holographic letters that you wrote. Can you explain about that at all, the holographic letters? Uh, You mean the uh, calligraphy and stuff? Um, uh, I developed a kind of handwriting... um, uh, back in the, again, back in the 70s, and uh, have been working with that ever since. It's a uh, specific kind of handwriting. It's not the calligraphy that you find in a course at the, your local YMCA or whatever, uh, but it's a very personal one. There exists a font in that uh, calligraphy, which is available for a free download, again, at uh, www.johnmbennett.net. John M. Bennett, you've published, according to this little description, over 300 books and chapbooks of poetry. When I was reading that, I thought it said John M. Bennett has published over 300 books and chalk books of poetry. And then it made, and it made me think, chalk books of poetry. Have you ever used chalk? Is there such thing as chalk books of poetry? Well, I guess there is now. You thought of it. 
Baboom! And we're speaking here to John M. Bennett on an Ardwarda Human Soviet radio show. 300 books of poetry. That's quite incredible, John. What is the record for numbers of books of poetry? That must be way up there with like a world record, isn't it? I have no idea and don't really care. <laughs> but still, I, I, just, I do it because I have to do it. Uh, I enjoy doing it. It means something to me. It helps me understand and know myself in the world, and um, uh, it comes out in the form of books. And some poetry comes out in the form of records and stuff. What do you think about rap? Is rap the best or worst thing that happened to poetry? Uh, it's just another form of uh, language art. Uh, some of it uh, is quite interesting. Did you have any run-ins at all, John M. Bennett, with Dennis Wilson or members of the Manson family at all on the poetry literature scene in L.A. in the late 60s? Because you got your Ph.D. at UCLA in 1970. That was right around that time. I have no contact with the Mansons. Never did. (laughs) How about at that time? What exactly were you getting your Ph.D. in, and how hard was it to get your Ph.D. in that particular field? Well, I didn't get it in that field exactly. My Ph.D. is in uh, contemporary Latin American literature with a focus on poetry, and uh, the reason I went into that field is because uh, the avant-garde tradition in Latin America and Spain uh, was very interesting to me and still is, and I still find it more interesting than uh, what goes on in most uh, of the English-speaking world. And in fact, I write quite a bit in Spanish, and have published a number of books in Spanish in uh, Latin America and Spain and so on. How many languages do you know, John? Uh, I'm most fluent in English and Spanish. Uh, Of course, I can read and write uh, to some extent uh, in French and Portuguese and uh, can make out uh, a little Nahuatl, which is a language spoken in central Mexico. Uh, and figure out German and Dutch to some extent, but uh, mainly it's German, I mean it's uh, Spanish and uh, English and some French. I just finished a book of visual poetry in French that will be published in Marseille uh, this, later this year. <clears throat> I wanted to play a quick little track here from the La Vista Gancha CD. What can you tell the people about that? La Vista Gancha, uh, that... Uh, consists of uh, poems I wrote, um, um, I think it was 19, oh, uh, 2008 or nine, and um, I'm not sure, there's two versions of that CD, one of them I'm reading and another one someone else is performing it, so let's hear what you got there. Sin duda, lo más intenso de lo más chacado, sin duda, lo menos intenso de lo comido, Sin duda, la sobremanera más realista. Sin duda, he te visto sin lo más claro de las aires. Sin duda, la casa es lo más intolerable de los vestidos de piel sangrante. Sin duda, mi gorra de madera crece como nunca. Sin duda, he visto una calavera lo más pesado que haya. Sin duda, me he aligerado. Sin duda, el libro de mis rodillas roda y roda sobre la carretera del agua que tomo y tomo y nunca se me acaba la sed. What was going on there, John M. Bennett? 
That uh, is one of my poems being uh, read or performed by uh, Juan Angel Italiano, who's a, a poet uh, from uh, Montevideo, Uruguay. And um, uh, we've done uh, a couple of CDs uh, together with uh, uh, various things like that. Uh, so that's my work uh, that he's reading, and I love what he does with it. It sounds great. I also saw on your website the WIS Project from Paris in 2008. There's sort of clack. What language is that? You're using your fingers and your mouth, too. What was that all about? Um, that was, I believe, if I know what you're talking about, it's, um, I was in Paris in 2008. Uh, we did some uh, video with a, uh, an artist, video artist there named Nicolas Caras. And um, that's probably part of that video that we did. When you're doing readings and stuff, though, you're using your mouth in a way that, like, you're putting your hands in your mouth and stuff like that, too. Uh-huh. What ways have you come up with making neat sounds? Because there are certainly some neat sounds coming out of there. Uh, well, you can do all kinds of stuff. A friend of mine, uh, Al Ackerman, sometimes performs uh, his stuff by putting a bar of soap in his mouth. And that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, but you put your finger in there, put something in front of your face, or put your uh, talk into a can or whatever. I mean, it uh, it does something to the voice. You're using your voice like a, an instrument and uh, playing with it that way. And you also participate with the B-Blank Consort, and you did something yeah. von Ov. What was that? The B-Blank Consort uh, is a group of uh, poets, mostly visual poets mainly, um, that formed uh, back in 2001. Uh, we were all at, a, um, at the Atlantic Center for the Arts together, and so we did the, uh, created this performance group, and we took texts of various people, uh, my texts, texts of the other people in the group, and scored them for multiple voices as if, as if it were a, uh, uh, a string quartet or something. And uh, so we have performed um, all over the globe, actually, uh, in various combinations of people, uh, these pieces. And we keep coming up with new ones. It's just a matter of scoring, say, a, a poem uh, for five people, uh, where you do it perhaps as a canon, where one person starts out, and when he comes to the end of that line, the next person starts at the top, and so you're reading it like, you know, row, row, row your boat, um, uh, and you get this uh, cacophony of voices that's uh, just fascinating to listen to. And when you performed in this thing that I saw a picture of, Jason Middlebrook's cardboard stack was right beside you. That looked incredible. Can you describe that at all, the cardboard stack and you performing? I have no idea what you're talking about. Cardboard stack? It was like a cardboard stack. That's what it was like an art installation where the B-blank consort performed. Uh-huh. When you, <laughs> when you performed, there was, I think, an art installation nearby. Well, that could have been any number of different places. We'd, uh, we usually perform in uh, art spaces and galleries and so on, uh, very rarely in literary venues. Speaking of which, John M. Bennett, do you think you could do a little track right now for us live on the Nardward Human Serviette radio show? Well, sure. <clears throat> uh, here's a, a little thing done quite recently called Fingered Toad. 
Ah, fingered toad, redolent of the cloudy lake, your knobby skull, ah, a map of evening sky. I fingered through the sticky magazine, your pulsing throat folded in the gutter. Oh, my dripping neck pressed against your air vein, my cabernosa fog. Perception, tooth, and ah, palate shining like the lights went out. John M. Bennett on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. When did you put that together, John? How long have you had that together? Uh, that poem, uh, that was written uh, probably in December. When you write something like that, are you looking to Marie Osborne, Marie Osmond for inspiration? I don't think so, no. She, <laughs> Not someone who comes to mind, no. I thought she is somewhat important, Marie Osmond, and you guys perhaps look to her for inspiration. Uh, no, I think, I think we get plenty of inspiration out of our own fevered brains. I was wondering, though, if you could please explain, John M. Bennett, what is Marie Osmond, right now, singing. Kawani Jolifanto, Blamba Ofali Hambla. Hai Globlo Aikora Sulahuju, Holaka Holala, and Logobang, Blagobang, Blagobang Baso Futaka, Uu, 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 Shampa Uwalawasa, Olobo. And Logobang, Blagobang, Blagobang Baso Futaka, Uu, Uu, Shampa Uwalawasa. Do you know what was going on there at all, John M. Bennett? Uh, yeah, I've heard about that recording that she made. Uh, come to think of it, I've forgotten about that. Uh, that was done fairly recently, I think. At least it came to my attention fairly recently. Um, she's performing a uh, sound poem. Uh, it might be uh, one of the ones by Schwitters, like Ursonata, but I'm not sure. I'd actually, I'd actually heard it was from Ripley's Believe It or Not, Sometime in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh huh. Maybe it's been unearthed recently. That could be, yeah. So how was she doing? Pretty good. Yeah, sounds great. And we're speaking here to John M. Bennett on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And John, you've worked with your son. In fact, to end the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show coming up, gonna play some selections for some stuff that you did with your son at a place called Skylab. And I love the descriptions of the stuff that you do with your son. For instance, John M. Bennett, words, voices, and objects, and Ben Bennett, invented devices. What sort of invented devices were there? Uh, well, uh, he was trained um, as a percussionist. Uh, he also studied uh, clarinet and piano. Uh, he's a musician. And uh, lately, in the past several years, he's been not playing with a drum set, but he uh, makes things out of uh, found objects and uh, makes sounds with them. For example, he takes a, a paper cone or something, and puts a, a needle on it and then drags it across the floor so it sounds like a, a megaphone or something. The sound is amplified through the, uh, through the uh, cone. Uh, and he does all kinds of stuff like that, uh, things where he blows on a membrane and it makes uh, interesting sounds. Uh, so he's quite a performer, uh, and it's fascinating to, look, uh, to watch what he does and listen to it. Is any of his stuff archived anywhere? 
yes, uh, there's a major collection here at Ohio State University. There's another collection at um, Washington University in St. Louis. Uh, there's stuff, uh, some stuff at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Uh, SUNY Buffalo, the library there, has a big collection. And there's smaller collections here and there. What is the Forks Forked? The Forks Forked. Sounds like a title of something. I think it was something you did, some visual poetry, a book. Uh-huh. Could be. I, 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 I can't recall exactly what that is at the moment. Do you remember the name? When you write 300 books, you don't remember them all, no? That's what I was wondering. It must be kind of hard to remember everything you've done. How about something called Damn Fools, the same? Damn Fools, the same. Damn Fools was the name of a, um, uh, a group of musicians from uh, San Antonio, Texas, and they performed some of my texts um, with their group. That was a long time ago. Have you been involved at all in the Ohio punk rock scene at all? Because Columbus, Ohio, you know, New Bomb Turks or Devo, not from Columbus, or the Dead Boys. What do you think about punk rock and Ohio? Uh, well, um, I'm not involved in the punk rock scene. Uh, some punk rock is uh, quite, quite fetching, I must say. I kind of enjoy it. Have you ever been asked to open up for any punk rock bands at all over the years at all, John M. Bennett? Uh, no, I haven't. But that would you, be a first. But you did get involved with some pretty punk rock stuff. For instance, getting involved with the hospital for the criminally insane. What happened there, John M. Bennett? Because I noticed in one of your songs that I played earlier, you talk about close yourself naked in a styrofoam room, styrofoam room, padded room. You actually were performing to some criminally insane people at a hospital? Not exactly. Uh, what I was doing, I'm a trained poetry therapist, and uh, what I was doing, uh, I had a poetry group, poetry writing group, uh, at the uh, state mental hospital, and then uh, also at the uh, unit for the criminally insane there. And uh, we went in, and I had them write uh, poems, and then we talked about the poems, and that's what that was. Uh, it had nothing to do with punk rock. Um, they were writing poetry, and the idea is that if you are uh, given certain techniques to write a poem, it will tell you something about yourself that you uh, didn't realize before. And that's kind of what uh, we were doing. And then you were asked on advice what these people were up to or how they felt? Like, they asked you for your opinion? Uh, well, the posture I had to take was that I was not part of the hospital staff, and I was not reporting back to the uh, psychiatrist, uh, and that helped them uh, uh, loosen up, uh, because if I did that, they think I'm just part of the institution, and uh, they're not going to uh, be helped any by the writing. Uh, on, on one or two occasions, uh, when I got uh, a feeling that perhaps this person, some change in what they were writing might indicate they uh, were going to do harm to themselves. I sort of warned the staff that uh, you might keep an eye on this person. But other than that, uh, it was between me and them.
Well, John M. Bennett, there's no insane people listening to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. I'm the only insane person listening and conducting the interview on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show with John M. Bennett. And I thought perhaps, John, do you think you could do one last little contribution here in the poetry sound style for the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show right now? Okay, I'm going to read another new one. It's called Mud Rise. Bash, fog, loot, sonde, musculo, sumido, trots, collapse, the pest neck, forma ludica, meteoro, combi, nacre de tus riñones, soga, cumu, loose and rats, tongue, log, snot, nor crazy, figless, too short, swamp knot, pullet, clods, and air, song, to rump, sandbox with <laughs> lumps, nor trust the soggy coins, drippy gun, the morning log, the rivers, uh, slow drift, cohabitation, socks, plunger, gapings, tool, my fuzzy break, neck, the barking, sh- shoe tumbles down the steps, down the, 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 where your collar was a stream of air. Incredible. In the house. In the house right now with John M. Bennett from Columbus, Ohio, live on the Nardwater Human Serviette Radio Show. And John M. Bennett, tell me about Wallace Stevens. Were many Republicans good modern poets? <laughs> was he a Republican? Probably was. Uh, Wallace Stevens uh, was a poet uh, I was very interested in back when I was an undergraduate in college. And I wrote a... Uh, or honors uh, dissertation about him, and I found him very interesting. Uh, I haven't been that interested in his work since then, but uh, uh, he's a good poet, did some interesting stuff, no question about it. Uh, I tend to think that uh, uh, politics has very little to do with uh, the quality, at least, or interest of the art that you might produce. Have any politicians given speeches that you think, hey, this is pretty good? Like, how about some of the Republican candidates? Do any of them give any poetry? Have you heard any poetry popping out of them? Well, some of those uh, Republican uh, clowns are pretty interesting to listen to. I mean, it it makes you cringe, but uh, 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 they are quite entertaining. John M. Bennett... You went through the entire William S. Burroughs collection? Like, you, you were allowed access to it, and you've been cataloging the William S. Burroughs collection? Mm-hmm, yeah. What exactly were you finding in there? Because I understand when they went through, like, the Andy Warhol collection, they'd find, like, lots of stains on paper from, like, not only coffee, but from, like, hamburgers, and they'd find food mixed in with stuff. Have you found any, like, hamburgers or food mixed in the Burroughs collection or any kind of odd items shoved in there? Well, there's plenty of odd items. Uh, we haven't found any hamburgers, um, but uh, there, there's plenty of stuff in there. Uh, the, most of the material that we have, not all of it, some of it goes back to the 50s and 60s, but most of the material we have at Ohio State uh, is from the 70s and 80s, and it was collected uh, very carefully by uh, James Grauerholtz, uh, who, who kept it organized and in folders and we know what it is. 
and there's correspondence, there are his notebooks, there are manuscripts, uh, there are the books he read. He let, read a lot of pulp fiction. Uh, all kinds of stuff in there. It's, it's very interesting to go through uh, anybody's papers like that. When he read a book, did he underline certain things or write in the margins? Was anything you came across like that that was kind of interesting? Uh, he didn't do that. What he did was uh, cut things out and make scrapbooks. And the scrapbooks would have pictures, uh, uh, phrases, little articles, uh, all kinds of stuff put in them. Uh, they glued them down. And some of those scrapbooks are works of art uh, on their own. John M. Bennett, lastly, lastly, here on the Nardwar Human Serviette Radio Show, Canadian sound poets, Bill mm-hmm. Bissett from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Are you aware of Bill Bissett? Oh, yeah, sure. He's, he does great stuff. What are some Canadian sound poets that people should check out? Like, what can you tell the people about Bill Bissett? Bill Bissett uh, does sound poetry, visual poetry, uh, text stuff. Uh, he's a uh, uh, very creative and uh, uh, energetic guy. He's done great material. Uh, there's a bunch of people uh, in uh, around Toronto area doing good stuff. Uh, J.W. Curry, for example, although he's in Ottawa now. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on in Canada. Uh, Canada's uh, Stuart Ross has published some things. I think he lives, still lives in Toronto. So, uh, yeah, look to your Canadian poets. They're great people there. And you've done some traveling, too. Like, you performed in Ottawa? Yes, uh-huh. How did that like, go? Uh, that was good. Uh, we uh, uh, set up a B-blank consort performance there and then uh, uh, did a couple solo things. What was that thing that I saw that you were Skyping in Cuba? What were you Skyping in Cuba? I wasn't Skyping in Cuba, uh, but um, uh, we were trying to travel to Cuba recently. Uh, this, the U.S. Treasury Department, which has to issue the license for that trip, uh, refused to give us permission, so we couldn't go there. Uh, I do know a number of writers in Cuba, and uh, communicate with them through the uh, Internet and email and so on. Uh, and there's very fascinating things going on there right now. Uh, it's very difficult for them to do it uh, because the uh, Internet access is limited and very slow. But uh, they're still figuring out a way to do it, and uh, they're doing some great stuff. Well, thanks so much for phoning into the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show, John M. Bennett. It's been great to have you on after playing your tracks all these years. And wanted to end with a couple things that you just sent me that is pretty much brand new. Banging the Stone. We played a bit of that earlier, but going to play track 10 and 14, maybe even a couple more. I don't actually have to track names, but what can you tell the people again about Banging the Stone that we're going to hear? And then going to play something from Naming the Dust, if you could explain a bit about that too, John. John M. Bennett. Okay, well, Banging the Stone was a collaboration I did with uh, Jim Leftwich, uh, who's a poet who lives in Virginia, uh, and uh, uh, naming the, what is it called? Naming the stone, naming the... Dust. Dust, naming the dust. I believe that was a, a, a recording of a live performance, a couple of live performances I did uh, with some other musicians, including one of my sons. And some of that was from a place called Skylab, right? 
Skylab, yes. That was a, that's a gallery here in Columbus that um, uh, my, one of my other sons uh, curated for a number of years. Now, if we get to that, hopefully we'll be able to get to that, what are we going to hear you doing, and what are the other people doing during Naming the Dust? Naming the Dust, well, uh, some of the people are making noise with various devices. Uh, don't know if that one includes the uh, large exhaust fan that uh, my uh, younger son uh, uses as an uh, instrument uh, or not. Uh, I'm doing stuff with my voice and perhaps a little flute or whistle of some kind, and perhaps a megaphone. We shall see. Well, thanks so much, John M. Bennett. If people have any other questions for John M. Bennett, check out your website, right? Yes, that's www.johnmbennett.net. And, John, anything else you'd like to add to the people out there at all? Well, all I can say is uh, there's great things going on in poetry all over the world these days, and you won't find it in most bookstores. Yeah, why should people care about poetry? Why should people care? Uh, well, poetry is uh, one of the best ways of uh, really understanding language, and understanding language is the way of understanding one's own consciousness and what it is to be human. Well, thanks so much, John M. Bennett. Keep on rocking in the free world, and doot, doot-a-loot, do. Okay, toot-toot. All right, thank you. All right, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Your fan between your legs. 
beside you. Call Steamly, mister. After Trace, teeth slide floor, floor, glaring up the siding, want to talk. No trace, your awning snore, my blink, my chicken, land somewhere. In the black refuge, crowning throwing type of mortal form, stir face sack. All misty with you and street with all the drink. And you're still, still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. What you just heard right there was something from John M. Bennett. And John M. Bennett was earlier interviewed by me, Nardwar, the Human Serviette, on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show. We heard right there an excerpt from John M. Bennett with Bennett Wright Marsh, Bennett Wright, Bennett Johnson, doing Live at Skylab. John Bennett, words and voice, Jack Wright, saxophones, Ben Bennett, membranes and needles, cones, metal strings and bow, and Michael Johnson with weird electronics. That was Naming the Dust by John M. Bennett. And before that, some other John M. Bennett recordings. And before that, an interview with John M. Bennett on the Nardwarda Human Serviette radio show. To end the Nardwarda Human Serviette radio show right now, gonna give you something that was given to me by Art Kenyon to play. Thank you, Art. This is Art Kenyon, myspace.com, Art Kenyon, K-E-N-Y-O-N. And we're going to hear This Girl's Trouble on Denardwar, the human serviette radio show on CITR. This inevitability 